from Blood Brothers and Sanguine Sisters to Deeply Discussing Dexter. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm here with Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Brooke Merritt. Hello. And Zach Rowland. Hey. And today's episode is Season 3, Episode 6, Si Se Puede, which includes such highlights as Are You Serious About Key Lime Pie? Dexter and Miguel bonding over some kills, one fish, one white supremacist, Deb railing on Yuki, Ramon, and Quinn, and Rita and Syl round out the cast. What did you guys think of this episode overall? All right, my window's open, so give me a second. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Wait, isn't that what we're doing? Um, All right, so... um, Exactly as it was. (laughs) So this episode definitely was a slow start for me. There were some things that got better along the way, but all in all, uh, I thought it was a little uh, lacking in excitement. Yeah, I thought this one was pretty boring. Um, It picked up at the end. I was good with that, but it started out really, really just blah. Yeah, it was not a good episode at all. Um, The end was all right, but outside of that, it was just very meh. So it started out slow, and it ended slightly less slow. Seems to be the consensus, yep. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So Dexter and Miguel successfully catch a fish on Dexter's boat. Uh, Miguel starts asking Dexter questions about what it was like to kill Ethan Turner. Later, Dexter has a daydream with Harry about how Miguel knows exactly who Dexter really is. Harry reminds Dexter that anytime he gets close to someone, it ends badly. Dexter shows up at a crime scene. Deb is crying. The latest Skinner victim is Wendell Owens. Wendell was killed by the skinning. The first of the bodies not killed before skinning. Deb asks Dexter if he thinks that the Skinner is drafting off Deb's investigation. They realize that one of the people who knows all about Deb's investigation is Ramon. So let's start at the beginning. Uh, Harry. Dear God, like, they've turned him into Dr. Loomis. He just shows up to tell Dexter that someone is evil or they can't be trusted and just, he's gone again. Yeah, that's actually a really good analogy. I hadn't thought of it that way, but good analogy. Yeah, uh, but he's not as bald as Dr. Loomis, so he's got that going for him. (laughs) He still has great hair. Yeah. Yeah, this for me is like that the moment where the show starts to sort of take that um, that dark passenger uh, approach where it's almost like now we're seeing Harry in another light uh, and it's almost like it's uh, doing a different, it's having a different effect on Dexter, which Dale, I'm sure you, between the, the supernatural aspect of it, you know, you, you never really cared for that much. Uh, so, like, how do you feel about Harry's position and now with what they're going for? Yeah, it's weird. Um, I mean, my my gripe with the book was always that he... That the Dark Passenger was the supernatural character. It's like Dexter was possessed by this presence. And he... Dexter didn't want to kill, but the presence sort of made him do it. Which, you know, I don't think that's really necessary. I think you can have... Uh, crime fiction that is just based on things that can really happen versus uh versus spooky ghosts getting into your head uh but uh in the show 
it's kind of odd because they're sort of they're sort of losing the plot of what to do with Harry, I think, because before Lila, Harry was always the the voice of reason, the voice of the code. Um, it was almost like Dexter was the one that was throwing out ideas that were dangerous, and Harry was like, you gotta watch out for this, you gotta watch out for this. And so that all made sense. And then once Dexter found out that his dad was... Uh, uh, cheating on his mom and he started getting interested in the whole Lila thing he threw out the code of Harry and eventually came right back to it by the end of the episode by the end of the season so now we're in a position where Harry is uh, just sort of along for the ride um, the show doesn't make it as as a uh, clear as it has in the past that when he sees Harry there in a daydream or an actual dream that Harry never like you know appears next to Miguel and tells Dexter something that Miguel can't hear Uh, a lot of times they'll just cut to a scene of him and Harry and they'll cut back and the only real information that we have from the show that that's not really taking place is that they sort of wash it out. They uh, overlight those scenes with Harry like that, so that they're they're more obviously from um, inside of Dexter's imagination, basically. It's a scary place to live. <laughs> um, Laguerta is over at Ellen Wolf's place. She overhears a message that Wolf's motion is going to burn Miguel. LaGuerta gets angry. Wolf has used the new information to build a larger misconduct case against Miguel. And she cancels dinner with Wolf. And their their little I don't know what the female version of bromance is. Their little thing. Like I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, there's a lot of friendship in this season. Like friendships are being forged. <laughs> you know, you're all about friendship. I'm a big friendship kind of guy. You know, I I think it's important to have people to to be with. <laughs> friendships well it was like after we stopped the recording for uh for the season two finale you just started singing thank you for being a friend and crying i love this lila was i love the golden girls and i miss lila (laughs) (laughs) i think uh, miguel prada is gonna start singing thank you for being a friend so Now Miguel's gonna sing. You got a friend in me. Yes, wow. that's, that's, that's his. his theme song. Okay. Yes, I, had, I almost sang it in a different episode because I thought that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Deb goes to visit Anton. She's asked if Anton talked to anyone about bringing Wendell in for questioning. Deb starts to get upset that she put Wendell in danger. Anton tries to comfort her. They almost have a moment, but Dev gets up to leave. Anton tells her that the girl he was with another the other night was nothing serious. He's talking about Dev came to his apartment with a CI payment, and there was a girl at his apartment who answered the door while Anton was in the shower. So she was nothing serious. Uh, Dexter brings a case of his own to Miguel and says he wants to kill somebody who's currently in prison. Miguel says there's no way to make this happen, but suddenly changes his mind and says that he owes Dexter one. They just need to come up with a plan. Miguel is just the most flippy-floppy person I've ever 
encountered. Like it's like it's the same thing with the boat, and he's like, "I'm gonna get on the boat. Nah, I gotta go to court. Nah, I don't gotta do this. Uh, I'm gonna." It's uh, like pick a side, man. Just just like choose wh- what you're gonna do and stop messing around. <laughs> it's so annoying. Quit he's more flippy floppy than spring break. <laughs> yeah, Quit being flippy floppy. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's also sort of the, the the Jimmy Smith special, which is the the very conflicted performance. The I need to do this, but oh, I can't do this. Uh, I don't know what to do. That sort of thing. Thanks. <laughs> uh, LaGuerta gives Dexter a card to sign. Camilla from Rutgers is in the hospital with terminal lung cancer. I guess this is the first that Dexter's heard about all of this. Um, Angel calls his favorite vice detective and asks her out on a date. She says she, if she gets interested, she'll call him. So you're saying there's a chance. Sad Tista. <laughs> He's so desperate. Pathetic Tista. Like, uh, it, it's so bad, but you know, this is the first time we've seen Camilla in forever, and it's such a waste of Margot Martindale. Oh yeah, heck, it's worse. Yeah, but but she's uh, phenomenal though. She crushes it in terms of her performance. Like I, I every time she was on screen, I got teary eyed. I was like, God, that's so good. That's so good. Just sad. But. And for her to not have a lot to work with and be that good is really saying something. Because mm-hmm. she was so underused on the show, and she's done so much great work. But then they didn't give her much to do until now. Of course, not for long, but. Uh, Deb runs the Ramon Prado theory to Angel and Quinn. Angel okays Deb following Ramon on her off time. Dexter goes to visit Camilla in the hospital. Camilla tells him that all her life she's been searching for the perfect key lime pie. Camilla talks about how painful her husband's death was. She says the worst part about dying isn't losing her life, but her dignity. Has this character had any dignity? No, but she's had a lot of donuts. Yeah. <sighs> And obviously a lot of key lime pie. I mean, if but you, not if the right Her life's pie. journey. Her life's journey is to find the right key lime pie. Yeah, I've, I've said this before about her, but the whole character of Camilla is just that she's a fat woman that eats. That's all they give her to do. That's all the character that she I think has. she was gardening once. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, she's a, simple, she's a simple lady. She just likes simple things. You know, donuts. She was trying to grow a donut tree, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she she does a great job with this terrible character and this terrible dialogue, and she's very believable. And I I enjoyed her performance a lot. Uh, Syl and Rita are chatting after eating Miguel and Dexter's catch. Miguel overcooked it, apparently, but Sill's mango lime salsa saved the day. Sill and Rita start talking about whether Rita should work in real estate, and Sill immediately offers offers Rita a job as her assistant. Sill is just basically a prop at this point. That's all friendship is, Brooke. It's just, just a prop. Just a prop. <laughs> just people propped up on other people for friends. It's all... This is where we need to get therapy. They could have just phoned in her lines and just had like a cardboard cut out of the actress. <laughs> it's like they they got scared immediately that the audience like wouldn't 
wouldn't be into something if they thought that Rita was out of work. Because she lost her job, what, last episode? And now she's got a new job with Syl in this episode. It's like they, they had her lose her job just long enough for it to make sense for Dexter to say stupid things about tax codes and insurance and stuff. And now she's got a job again, and and Miguel just can't decide if it's a good idea. It's like, well, maybe you should hire her, but no, I don't know. Maybe. maybe. What kind of car does she drive? Is that that? Is that that car with the <laughs> the weird honking sounds that makes fun of our culture? Is that the one? The lowrider. <laughs> Isn't she still driving the lowrider? <laughs> no, she finally has the van. Oh, that's right. Well. Dexter finally, like, manned up and gave her the van after, like, two seasons of just driving it himself for no reason. Yeah. Because she couldn't, she couldn't drive around the drug dealer car anymore. <laughs> well, no, she was driving the car from the motor pool that Dexter stole. Yeah, wasn't it, like, a purple, like, purple drug dealer, like, pimp car? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, like, like a red, pimp car. It had, like, animal print seats or something, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it was a convertible. Good. Let's be real, that was way more awesome than a minivan. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, it's. I, I, I think the minivan's more Rita, though. I don't think Rita's much of a pimp, could, as, in my yeah, estimation. She's pretty she, badass. She can, she can rock she's that. She's in there with the hydraulics, just rocking yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Good. I can't see her stepping out with a cane. <laughs> Driving the kids to school right. that thing. <laughs> Uh, Dexter suggests that they get an interview and with their target and play it off as a prison murder. Miguel has a better idea to subpoena him to court where they could kill him on Miguel's turf. And Miguel likes this idea so much that he's already put it into into uh, plan, subpoenaed the guy, and their prison break is set to go with Dexter not knowing the details yet. So Ramon has to walk him through the courthouse and show it to him later. I feel this is like um so this like a moment for Miguel. It's like a Trump moment. Like he like he loves something so much about himself that he's like, I'm gonna go ahead and I've already done it. Don't worry, it's already in motion. And you're like, that's a terrible idea. And you're like, yeah, but we got to deal with it now anyway. So <laughs> it's like it's like the state of the the president to some degree. And I'm like, it's it's too much winning, Zach. It's too much <laughs> I winning. Guess so. I've been a very good district attorney this week. I owe this to myself. <laughs> uh, Dexter calls Deb, or Deb calls Dexter to check in. She's followed Ramon, and he's eating alone on his night off. Yuki shows up at Miami Metro to talk to Deb. She threatens to tell, to tell everyone Deb's been a rat all along if she doesn't wear a wire. Deb tells her no. And that's it. That's that's all we get. Yuki. Yeah, what do we get? Like, one Yuki appearance per episode? Isn't that what's in the contract? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's just... You just gotta keep resisting her, because she's dumb, and Quinn's better, and that's it. And I'm Team Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get the feeling that they could have, like... They could have just had Jennifer Carpenter on the set for, like, half a day and shot all the Yuki shots for the entire season <laughs> with her. Maybe that's what they did. <laughs> And they're all basically just variations of the same conversation. Yeah, but then, uh, but then, um, Deb's character, the woman who plays Deb, what's her name? Car- Carpenter, right? Jennifer, Jennifer Carpenter. Carpenter. Well, the reason she's always mad at her is because she ate her bagel at breakfast that morning, 
and then they went to go do all these sh- shots <laughs> and she's just like laying it out right in each scene and it you know it's it, that's what happens on set is one actor eats another actor's bagel and it affects the entire afternoon <laughs> little in she's a glorified yeah. extra just a little man. just a little insight from the extra tent <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dexter and Miguel are walking through Miguel's plant at the courthouse. Miguel sees Ellen Wolf and Dexter tells, uh, sorry. Dexter and Miguel are walking through Miguel's plant at the courthouse. Miguel sees Ellen Wolf and tells Dexter about how horrible she is. LaGuerta has just been deposed about Miguel, and the result is a vacating of Chicky Hines' sentence. LaGuerta tells Wolf that she didn't want to help her smear a stand-up guy like Miguel. Wolf says that if LaGuerta ever wants to hear the unexpurgated version to come find her, Hopefully, we have now heard the last of the mysterious, never-seen Chicky Hines. You're gonna miss Chicky. Not much as you miss Freebo. I was, I was so attached to Chicky <laughs> Hines and his story. Chicky Hines was the uh, the 58th flavor of Hines that never worked, so they just stopped at 57. Chicky Hines brought us all together. Like, <laughs> I feel without him, this season just wouldn't work. Yeah, Chicky Hines and Yuki can both just piss right off as far as I can. Freebo can join them. <laughs> Freebo. Mm. Why did you have to say Freebo? Freebo. Starting to starting to feel feel pretty bad about having some Freebo in here. My blood sure. pressure jumps ten points every time someone says Freebo. Damn it! Uh, a hooker in the parking lot approaches Angel and asks for a ride home in return for a victimless way of saying thank you. Instead, Angel gives her $40 and says he'll dispatch a cab. A uh, The vice detective calls Angel. He passed the test. The obvious, obvious test. She invites him to dinner. Just what you want to happen before you go on a date. Somebody send you a hooker to see if you'll take her up on the offer. It's... It's so sad, and there's so many red flags. It's like that that skit lowered expectations. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> night live. Yeah, it's just like, how did this happen? The uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the sketch. The sketch that's like a dating service, <laughs> but it's for people that no one would want, and it's called lowered expectations. Uh, yeah, I like. We already know that Angel is capable of picking up a hooker because he picked up the vice detective. But the question now is that whether uh, he picked her up because he wanted to make, as he said, a, a connection with someone or that he wanted no string sex. And uh, apparently Angel is is clearly a connections kind of person because... Uh, or redheads don't do it for him. One of the two. It's one of those two things. Well, also he's got this weird thing with like eating, because like when he was in the room with her when she was pretending when she was on Vice, he was like, "Yo, you're a, you're a good looking meal," and now he wants to like take her out to dinner. He's just fascinated. It's like food centric. This whole episode <laughs> is food so food focused. <laughs> it's like fish and mango salsa. The show is it's so key lime key pie. Lime pie. I'm hungry, guys. <laughs> he has an affinity for hookers really let's go back to season one he's the one that finds the hooker with the fake hand so yeah. 
He has excellent hooker radar. Yeah. He just, we will say that about him for he's sure. Probably not so excellent though, because he oh, picked God, up when hooker. he was vice. So, but again, he's Miami Metro. Yeah, he was like, she looks like one, but she does not smell like one. <laughs> Man, <laughs> yowza! Maybe I can make a connection with this one. Dexter brings Camilla a key lime pie. It fails Camilla's standards. It has green food coloring and no condensed milk. And then the key misuse of Martin Margot Martindale for the uh, episode. Camilla whispering, Dexter, if you're as serious about key lime pie as I am, you can do better. Yeah, I mean, it still makes me cry, but for a different reason. Yeah, it, it's not... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's not until after this, after Dexter, that she becomes really famous for Justified and moves into the Americans. And there was a time where, like, I don't know, like two years ago or so, where, like, four different shows I was watching had Margot Martindale in them. Um, and she was great on all of them. And just going back down and watching this, and it's like, oh, yeah, back in, like, 2007, 2008, she was fat lady that eats that was her that was her character the lady whose life goal was to get good key lime pie yeah uh, Dexter does a version of his opening monologue incorporating the uncertainty of working with Miguel on the prison break the whole tonight's the night speech Rita asks Dexter what he thinks about her working for Syl. She's worried that working together might mess up their friendship. And it's this very ham-fisted way to uh, make a parallel about what Dexter and Miguel are about to do and what Dexter's thinking about in that scene. Rita says that Syl has been complaining that Miguel's been in a bad mood and not sleeping. Uh, Harry appears dressed in Dexter's killing garb. The more the merrier. Why don't we go out and pick up Rita and the kids, too? And then he's gone again. That's just what he does now. Yeah. Um, at the courthouse, one of the sheriff's deputies gets a selfie with Miguel. Miguel steps into the room with the target. And he gives him a cuff key and says that one of the target's Nazi pals is waiting in the garage. In return, the threats to Miguel's family have to stop. When were there threats to Miguel's family? I don't know. There weren't. Okay. <laughs> they, they never explained that. Okay. Just, just checking if I missed something. It's all a, the only. All, it's all a part of the plan. I mean, it's not part of the plan. <laughs> it's a great plan, if you know what I'm saying, but it's not a part of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Smith sent these threats to himself <laughs> to set up this whole backstory. And they completely forgot uh, to tell the audience anything about these threats. Yeah. The only thing I can think is they were trying to get the the white supremacist dude to to buy into the fact that this guy's just randomly giving him a key because he kind of looks confused by it as well. As are we. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I, I didn't see that in the script. Uh, <laughs> I just roll with it. We're just as confused by that as we are about the deputy wanting a selfie. Oh. Yeah. Like, what's going on there? Who wants... The only thing I can think is that he wanted an actual picture with Jimmy Smith. Because nobody wants a picture <laughs> with the assistant district attorney. But he was so giggly and fangirly about it all. Like, he was just, like, giggling and just so excited. They just captured on film 
that actor wanting a picture with Jimmy Smith <laughs> and just left it in the episode. and left it in the episode. This is better than anything we had written. Sorry, so guys. Sorry, sorry. Hang on a second. Uh, can can I get a picture with you? Fan. <laughs> oh, he's already in makeup. We've already got shots with him. Fine. Get just, it over with. Just work it into the script, guys. Uh, Dexter finds the target in the parking lot, but the alarm goes off. Miguel can be heard telling the cops he must have an accomplice locked down the lot. Tart thinks Miguel set him up, but Dexter M99s him before he can do anything. Harry appears and tells Dexter that Miguel is setting him up, but Miguel pulls up in the SUV. Dexter loads himself and the target into the back, and Miguel easily passes through the checkpoint past uh, Sheriff Get a Selfie guy. So Miami police force in general, not the best. Because they, their yeah. sheriff's department's bad. The Miami Metro Police Department's bad. They're all just bad, you know. And do you know how much like horrible stuff happens in Florida every day? <laughs> they can't police all of that. It's impossible. Can't blame Miami Metro for everything. <laughs> well, if I get a hankering, I guess I get to kill. I can move to Miami. <laughs> I'm not. I won't. It's not a thing. Don't take that off. We, we edit that out. <laughs> I, I don't need to be. Oh, Christ. <laughs> okay. Who are we going to turn into? Miami Metro? It's fine. They're not going to do anything. Yeah, that's true. Zach, so, Zach attempted murder in Miami, but was raped by a crocodile. Because <laughs> the weirdest shit happens in Florida. I'm sure that's an actual headline. So. Uh, I think I've actually seen that headline. <laughs> yeah. Attempted murder or raped by a crocodile. It was either the, the crocodile raped him or he raped the crocodile. One of the two. Yeah. But I'm fairly certain I've seen that. Yeah. But it's okay, Zach. We're not actually recording. Thank you. <laughs> he gets uh, <laughs> gets uh, way too excited by those Lubriderm commercials. In my um, pursuit, though, I did find the uh, the perfect key lime pie. <laughs> <laughs> no green food coloring? No, not at all. Good. All of the condensed. Yes. It was actually a cheesecake. <laughs> no one had the heart to tell him. Uh, Deb sees Ramon attack some guy and throw him into his trunk. She follows him to a house where Ramon starts interrogating him. The shape of another person with a gun appears in the background. It's Quinn, but Deb called him in. Ramon tortures the guy with a soda to the nose, but then lets him go. Deb says he's not the skinner. That's a fun technique uh, to use, right? Instead of a waterboard? Yeah, I've never seen that before. Yeah. That's pretty slick. That's something I could even do. Don't worry. The upside down cherry cola waterboard. I'm going to Miami and I'm going to try that on somebody. Yeah, I think ginger ale would be more painful personally, but I like tonic. You could try to do like a tonic or (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Turns out Ramon's a juggalo. He just used some fago. (laughs) That's pretty much how they do it. If if yeah. (laughs) <laughs> there, it, there are only two people on this show that are possible juggalos. <laughs> Ramon is definitely one of them, That's right? And the other one's Masuka. Yeah, those are my homies. Those, those <laughs> clown love. They're down with the dark carnival. It's good. Run around with their painted balls. Um, Deb Quinn and Angel call Laguerta into the office. They've picked up Ramon for kidnapping, false imprisonment, and torture. Deb tells Quinn about the eye investigation into him. Quinn says that he and Yuki have a history and that she has a personal vendetta. 
Target wakes up on Dexter's table. Dexter drags out the kill. Miguel pulls up outside and starts to make his way in, except Dexter gave him the wrong address. Dexter says he's not sure he's ready to share this with anyone else. President Company accepted, which is him breaking the fourth wall and talking to us. Um, and then Dexter says that he now knows who Miguel really is, his first good friend. Friendship! <laughs> yeah. We did it. We got there. Did you write this episode, I Zach? did. I was like, guys, check it out. We need to be friends by the end of the episode. <laughs> Everybody's becoming friends. I love it. It's such fun. Good stuff. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we get a little bit more information about the whole uh, Quinn and Yuki thing, which did seem like a personal thing the way she was handling it up to that point and uh and then we've got LaGuerta um being a lot more uh being a lot nicer to Angel and Deb than we expect when they bring Ramona in because they did it quietly and let her take it from there yeah it's smart right let her take the hit she knows the family, uh, you know, they're, they're just doing their job, but they d it didn't produce what they thought it would produce, but they did figure out that he was a scumbag. They saw it, and they got that, you know. It's smart to let LaGuerta handle it from there, because otherwise, what are you going to do? He's going to come, he'll probably do it to them, yeah. you know? It's crazy. Yeah. Well, this episode was directed by Ernest Dickerson. Uh, he was a frequent cinematographer for Spike Lee, directed films like Juice, Demon Knight, Bones, and Never Die Alone. On Dexter, he directed nine episodes between seasons three and eight. This was his first ever. And after Dexter, he directed for Once Upon a Time, The Wire, and The Walking Dead. Uh, the writer of the episode is also a first-timer, Charles H. Eagley who previously worked with Stephen Botchko Productions in the 1990s. He created Birds of Paradise, which was not very successful, and Murder One, which was uh, a favorite of my dad's, oddly, but uh, didn't go very long. On Dexter, he wrote and produced for seasons three and four. He wrote two episodes for both of those seasons, and this is his first written episode. Afterwards, he was a producer on The Walking Dead, which, uh, as we've been going through... This laundry list of people that have worked on Dexter that have since gone on to The Walking Dead, it's clear that The Walking Dead is where talent goes to die. Hmm. Um, <laughs> it's just this vortex of people that have been on other shows that show up for one or two episodes of producing or directing on The Walking Dead and then get kicked right back out. So, uh, Best line of the episode? Uh, my best line was... Uh yeah, here comes Miss Morphine, bringer of bad dreams and less pain. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's a good line. Uh, I went with Deb to Yuki. She said, after 12 hours of surveillance detail, how about you blow me? Because any time she can snap at Yuki is good. Mm-hmm. There was a line between Deb and Quinn in the elevator where she said something like she just spent the last week or so getting sandpaper fucked by Yuki. <laughs> and I thought that was a really good line. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, worst line of the episode. I'm gonna wait because there's a fire truck behind me. <laughs> okay. Is your window open again? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he double closed it. Closed it twice. Uh, I'm. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, the obvious choice. If you're serious about key lime pie as I am, mm. you can do better. That was pretty bad. Yeah. Yep. I just I just put all the racial slurs, starting with pulled pork forward. I think I was like, oh my god, that guy's. I mean, he's a white supremacist, obviously that the, for, for effect, but, but yeah, I was like, oh, just his like one scene where he's talking to Jimmy Smiths and calling him all the names. That's it. Yeah, right. That's, everything that dude says was the worst lines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Smiths's. Uh, nickname on the set was Pulled Pork, so... <laughs> ah! Oh, so bad. Except for Selfie so Dude. Selfie, <laughs> selfie Dude showed the respect. Anybody else? No, like... I, I want to say that Margot Martindale's line was the worst, but now thinking about racial slurs, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a dick <laughs> if I don't vote for that one. <laughs> calling a dick. I didn't vote for that one. What are you trying to say? Yeah, thanks. That's all I'm thanks, saying. I, I still, I'm saying. I still think it's the key line pie one. <laughs> all because right. uh, the racial slurs, the racial slurs were just part of that guy's character. Say like, what he you had will. to say those things. Say what you will about an entire culture, <laughs> but dear God, don't talk about key line pie. This is the episode that drives the wedge into all of our friendships. You can see. Don't <laughs> waste Margot Martindale. This is my point. <laughs> this is what happens. A wedge. I'll start calling you racial slurs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we were all in a band in the '80s called the Racial Slurs. Didn't, didn't last very long. Uh, how about performance of the episode slash non Michael C. Hall performance of the episode because he's always the best. This this has to go to Margot Martindale. Like easily, as bad as her lines were, yeah. the performance was amazing. Absolutely. Yep, Second agreed. That. Third, that. No votes for Yuki. And none for Sil. <laughs> Sil. <laughs> Yuki, Yuki was memorable. You know. Yeah, I've decided that the reason that they, they call her Sil and not Sylvia, or Sylvia or whatever her full name really is, is because she's not developed that far, <laughs> and they don't want to waste they don't want to waste characters when they're typing her name Smart. in the script. Agreed. Just make it three letters. Sill. She's only she's only on screen long enough for somebody to say seal. She's like a window sill. But she's just there? Like <laughs> she's just there. <laughs> you almost forget. Until you have to shut the window and then you bang your hand and you're like, Sill <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and with that, thank you for listening to the Things Guys Dexter, season three, episode six. Uh, thank you guys for